Welcome to the Dropship Podcast, where you'll learn how to build and grow a high-ticket dropshipping business and hear stories from successful e-commerce entrepreneurs. Let's kick this thing off. Hello, welcome to the Dropship Podcast. John here with you again for another solo episode. I'm recording this early in the year and um, this time of year, Ben's kind of semi on vacation doing some other stuff. So he's not at his usual place of work. Um, And uh, we tend to, I guess, I tend to kind of like to fill the gaps. We don't record as many podcasts. Some of the podcasts you hear at this time of year, early in the year, sort of January, February, uh, we actually recorded the previous year. Uh, so we don't get together much at this time of year. It's kind of our chance to have a break from each other. As, as many people uh, tell us, we're like a married couple. Um, and uh, I think sometimes it's good to have a break from, uh, from, from one of the significant people in your life. So I tend to just fill some gaps with uh, podcast episodes about topics that pop up, you know, website teardowns, things I'm doing elsewhere uh, until we're sort of ready to get back into it and start recording uh, together again. For the year. So this is another one of those episodes. And this one came about um, because, you know, people listen to the podcast. A lot of people start businesses from listening to this podcast, which still, even after we've been doing it since 2021, is wild to think. I think we're nearly up to 300 episodes. And it's still amazing to think that, you know, people are starting businesses that are making sales just by listening to this podcast. Um, yeah, I don't think there's many podcasts out there that can have a claim to fame like that. And to, to us, to me and Ben, that's absolutely amazing. So there's a lot of people starting high ticket dropshipping businesses listening to this podcast. And of course, part of starting a high ticket dropshipping business and part of what we talk about a lot is, uh, is running pay-per-click ads on, cert- on, on networks like Google, Google ads, Google shopping, uh, or Bing as it might be. And there's a few other places that over time you might run some paid traffic ads. And we get a lot of comments, I think, in our Facebook groups. This is also true in our membership uh, from people who are kind of, I think, having trouble getting their heads around the concepts involved with running paid advertising uh, for their e-commerce businesses. And that, that doesn't surprise me. I think my, my observation from working with people who are running pay-per-click ads for many years now um, is that it's kind of either something that you just naturally take to, like it instantly kind of clicks for you in your head, or it's something that it just takes longer to get your head around. You're either going to be one of those two people. Now, if you're in the if you're in the group of people that it all just kind of clicks and it's like the language you talk and it's uh, and this is a smaller group of people by the way, uh, then fantastic. Um, if you're in the other group of people where it doesn't immediately click, you have to listen to things two or three times before it makes sense, that sort of thing. This episode might be one of those, by the way. That's okay. Don't freak out. There is nothing wrong with you. It's very, very normal. And it certainly doesn't mean that you can't have success in your business in the beginning when you're doing it yourself with paid traffic. It just means, like I say, maybe you need to listen to two, things two or three times and you should feel okay about doing that. Maybe you have to ask more questions. You should absolutely have somebody that you can, you know, seek help and feedback from when you're doing marketing for your business. And if you don't have that yet, well, I think one of your priorities needs to be to go out and find it because that is going to speed up your journey astronomically. Uh, Certainly in the beginning, when I first started running 
paid marketing and paid traffic for high ticket dropshipping businesses, which was my first experience in business. I didn't really have any people who knew a lot more than me about this sort of thing that I could bounce ideas off or check if I was doing the right thing. There was a, just a lot less content online back then. Uh, and so it was, it was a bit harder. And it's not even really that there wasn't a lot of so much content. There's a lot of content out there today. Unfortunately, a lot of it's incorrect, particularly when it comes to paid traffic. And a lot of it also isn't relevant to high ticket dropshipping, which is the business model that we talk about on this podcast. So in this episode, I kind of wanted to help people I see a lot of questions that clearly indicate that people haven't got certain concepts, uh, haven't got their head around certain concepts. And there are some mindsets here that if you can get those straight for yourself, it really helps you to do the work of managing your pay-per-click ads. And that's primarily what we're talking about here. I'm not going to talk about how to set up Google shopping ads or Bing ads or anything like that. We have talked about that a little bit in other podcast episodes. So if you Go back, you'll find podcast episodes about things like Google Shopping, uh, how we set up ads in the beginning. It's a pretty difficult thing to teach 100% accurately on a podcast. I'm not going to lie, the setup stuff and how to get it all right. Um, so if you do want to really learn how to do it, I highly recommend that you go and get one of our programs, Dropship Breakthrough, get our launch program that has um, how you set up Google Shopping ads in the beginning and make your first sales with those in our launch program dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash launch. Um, or there's obviously a full program, which has a whole bunch more. You can just go to dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash join if you want to check out the details on that. So there's three statements that I want to make that if you kind of get your head around these and you understand really what these mean, I think your time spent with paid ads in your e-commerce business, your high ticket dropshipping business will be significantly easier. And these are kind of like the key concepts. And when you break them down, you start to identify what metrics really matter, um, what data you should be checking, and all of the sorts of things that you need to do to properly manage your Google Ads account. And so I'm going to do that in this episode. We're going to break these down, but I want to start with three statements. And these statements are actually true for any business, not just high ticket dropshipping business, any business that runs any sort of marketing, in fact, these statements, you can adapt them to suit. So number one, paid traffic is about sending the right person to the right page at the right time for the right price. If you've get, been getting tons of value from the podcast and you want to learn more about high ticket dropshipping and interact with a fantastic community of high ticket dropshippers, we've got a free Facebook group that you can join right now today. So if you head over to Facebook and search for Dropship Breakthrough, you'll see a Facebook come up that has on the end of it, High Ticket Dropshipping Mastery for New Entrepreneurs. Hit the join button, you'll get into the group. We do group only trainings in there and there's thousands of other people who are going through the High Ticket Dropshipping journey that you can look for support from, ask questions and find out if High Ticket Dropshipping is for you. Now, if you need to listen to that two or three times, this is the most important one. If you need to listen to that two or three times, do so. This is the one you really need to get your head around. And I'm going to break, I'm going to come back and break that one down. The second one is paid traffic isn't about directly about conversions. So you'll notice in the first statement, I didn't mention sales at all, right? Right person, right page right time, right price. 
at no point did I say that paid traffic is about sales, right? There is nothing about sales in that statement. So the second statement is paid traffic is not directly about conversions. Now, something that almost all people who are in the beginning stages of running paid traffic will say is, oh, my ads aren't converting. Instantly, that is the wrong statement to make. Um, and it shows an internal mindset that is incorrect about what you're actually doing with paid traffic. And you need to change that if you want to get good at getting results from paid traffic. And the third statement is every niche, and this is, a, I'm going to do this in a high ticket dropshipping specific way. Every niche has a finite amount of profitable paid traffic, right? So for every niche, there is only so much paid traffic you can profitably get from Google Shopping or from Bing, or if you get more advanced down the track and you use social media ads. There is always a cap and the cap is different in every single niche. It's not the same. For some people, it's going to be multiple seven figures of revenue can be made from these sources, maybe more. For some people, it's going to be less than seven figures. Now, once again, a year that is in revenue or sales. Now, once again, that doesn't mean that if there is a niche out there that can't do multiple seven figures or eight figures a year from paid traffic, that it's a bad niche. Because remember, over time, paid traffic is not the number one traffic source for high ticket dropshipping businesses. Organic traffic, word of mouth traffic, these are far more significant over longer periods of time. But in the beginning, it is going to be one of your main sources of traffic and one of the things that you do rely heavily on. So I want to go back to, I'm going to dive into the second statement first. Paid traffic isn't directly about conversion. So as I mentioned, one of the first things that people always say is, my traffic's not converting. And they assume that the reason that their ads are not converting lies solely within their ad account. And sometimes that may be true. And when we look at our first statement, right person, right page, right time, right price, that will determine if your paid traffic does play a role. But usually the problem isn't the paid traffic, it's the website, it's the offer. Um, in a recent episode, I did talk about the 40-40-20 principle in marketing, which is 40% of the chance of conversion comes from your traffic, the quality of your traffic, the right, is it the right traffic? 40% comes from the offer that's made to that traffic when they arrive on the website. Remember, your customer makes the decision to buy from you when they're on your website or when they visit your website for the seventh time or the 20th time. They don't make it when they're looking at your ad the first time in particular. So thinking that if you've got conversion problems, if you're not seeing the sort of return that you want, whether that's any sales at all, or you're just not making enough sales to be profitable, for high ticket dropshipping in particular, more often than not, the answer doesn't actually lie in the traffic. It lies in the website and the offer that's made on the website and how that compares to the rest of the market. So that's a topic for another day. Once again, that's something we've talked about a lot on this uh, podcast in, in various places. Now, I wanna go back to the first statement. Paid traffic is about the right traffic or the right person, because remember, your traffic is really just people who are coming to visit your website, who are 
making searches and we're, we're primarily now just going to talk about Google ads or Bing ads. So pay-per-click ads on search networks. Um, while these concepts do absolutely hold true for social advertising, so you might be advertising on Pinterest or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or wherever it might be, um, I'm going to focus here on breaking these down in respect of Google shopping ads. Um, it would also apply to Bing shopping ads in the same way uh, because that's where people are starting for high ticket dropshipping, which is what this podcast is all about. So if we look at the four parts, right person, right time, right page on your site for the right price, right? Each of those four things tells us something and it gives us an indication of what we may be doing wrong and in fact, what we should be looking at when we're looking in our ad accounts. So let's start from the top. So how do we determine that somebody is the right person to be seeing our ad in the first place or the right person to um, be sent to a product page on our website. Remember, when you're running Google Shopping ads or Bing Shopping ads, you're sending people only to product pages. They are not landing on any other page in your site. And so what that means is that there's a lot of traffic out there. There's a lot of customers. You think of the customer journey. People start being unaware that they have a problem. They then become aware that they have a problem then they become aware of the solution to that problem. Then, you know, they, they become more and more aware as they go down the funnel. Now, your product is um, being aware of individual product awareness is at the bottom of the customer journey or the customer or at the top, if you like, of the customer awareness pyramid, which is a, another very common concept in marketing. And so if somebody is problem aware, so everybody is coming to you, ultimately, to find the solution to a problem to provide an outcome that they desire, right? The outcome is what people are buying. It's not the solution, which is your product. If somebody's problem aware, which is often one of the largest segments of any market, so I'm missing something or I, I have this problem and I need, you know, that I need to solve, they're not ready to see a product page at that point in time because a product page doesn't provide the knowledge and education they need about the solution to the problem, because there may be many solutions to their problem, as in individual products out there. And at that point, they're not yet sure of even, they're not aware of what the broad solution is, let alone what all of the individual little answers or, or ways to provide that solution are in the particular market. So, if somebody is looking for a, a new surfboard and they're a beginner, what is the problem? Somebody wants to start surfing. What's the first problem that they have? Well, yes, they don't know how to do it, but they also probably don't have a surfboard. You can't surf without a surfboard. So they're problem aware. I want to surf, right? But I don't have a surfboard. What's the solution? It's to go and buy a surfboard. Okay, but I, I don't know how to surf yet. What's the right surfboard for me to buy? I don't know what that is. Another problem, right? And so they're going to go down an educational pathway to work out that, oh, yes, I actually need a surfboard that's this shape, this size, this many fins, um, made from this material, right? Before they can even look at products, there is no point. So for somebody who's on a Google search engine, 
making searches around what is the best surfboard for a beginner or even just beginner surfboards. Maybe they search that in Google because there are so many different variations. They are not the right person to be seeing your Google shopping ad. And so if you target that person with a Google shopping ad, your chances of driving a conversion by sending them to a product page is very, very slim. And so from a management and profitability perspective, we don't want to be running Google shopping ads to people who are searching very top of funnel searches, which would typically fall in our high priority campaign. That is a very low percentage play if we look across all niches. Now, there are always exceptions to rules. I get that. But by and large, and I've looked in hundreds of Google shopping accounts that are making sales at this point, hundreds and hundreds. I've managed over 100 directly myself. That sort of traffic is unlikely to ever convert for you. And so if you're looking to manage your account, one of the first things you should be looking at is, am I focused on the sort of search traffic, the person that is right to be seeing a product page? Is the product page going to be giving them the best result that they can have at their point of the journey? By comparison, if somebody comes on and searches for a seven foot mini mal with three fins, you know, uh, soft board, let's say, and I happen to have one product that fits that description exactly, then that is the right time, the right person to be showing that to. And so that search traffic for me would be one that I would find very valuable to my business. And so I would want to advertise on that. And so your first question, whenever you're thinking about getting in and managing your Google shopping ads or your Bing shopping ads is very much looking at, am I getting, looking at your search term reports in each campaign and saying, am I, do these search terms indicate that I'm getting the right people to see my ads at a point in the customer journey when showing them an ad for an individual product is the best answer for them. Now for people at the top of the funnel, the answer is actually usually uh, an organic traffic answer. You're far better seeking to rank pages in search engines that help them, that educate them, that move them from where they are to a, a, a place in the customer journey where looking at individual product solutions is the right thing for them. Now that's a judgment call. There is no clear cut guide to tell you in your particular niche exactly which search terms you should be showing and which search terms you shouldn't be showing for. You have to make that judgment. This is one of the decisions that you as a business owner have to make. Uh, but I would encourage you, particularly in the beginning, to err on the side of caution. Be conservative. Now, your niche may be one where you get more conversions coming from really basic, generic type search terms, but that's unlikely. So don't plan for it. Start conservative, so be more restrictive with negative keywords, particularly in your high priority campaign, because you shouldn't need to add any negative keywords in your medium or low priority campaigns if you've got it set up properly. Uh, and then over time, as you establish profitability, you can loosen up the reins a little bit, get rid of some of those negative keywords, let a bit more uh, broader kind of generic higher funnel traffic in, and see if it converts, but don't start there. 
That doesn't make any sense. So from a management perspective, one of your first big questions and first big things that you should always be doing, and you shouldn't be doing this every day, you should be doing this once a week, maybe twice a week at the most. Anything else is overkill. Look at your search term reports and ask the question, in my judgment, is this the right search traffic? Does this indicate that the right person at the right stage of their customer journey is looking at my traffic? If the answer is looking at my ad, sorry, if the answer to that is no, or I don't think so, or even I'm not sure, and you don't have the data to suggest that those that search traffic is driving any conversions, then you should exclude that search traffic, at least in the beginning, at least for your first six months. Because where you want to focus on with your paid ads budget as much as you can is the people who clearly are the right person to see your Google shopping ads. And the right person to see your Google shopping ads is somebody who is solution and or product aware. And we can define that when we look at search at search terms by are they searching for individual brands? Are they searching for individual models by name? You know, your products may have models. Are they searching for um, uh, individual um, uh, SKU numbers of products, sorry, or model numbers as may be the case? And so if I think of a, an example of this, uh, one that we talk about from time to time, let's uh, looking at a brand of air purifiers, right? Air purifiers. So a brand of air purifiers in, in the US is um, Austin Air. So if I see search traffic, somebody who is product aware, solution aware, that sort of thing, they might be making searches like Austin Air Healthmate or Healthmate Plus Air Purifier. This Healthmate Plus is a specific model of air purifier made by the Austin Air brand. And so there's going to be all sorts of different combinations of those search terms. Or they might just be looking for Austin Air Air Purifier, for example. Now, I'm not suggesting that air purifiers or this brand in particular is one that you should sell. So don't, uh, don't take that uh, assumption from me talking about these products. I'm using it as a very clear example of how search traffic might look. Whereas somebody who's searching air purifier, what can I determine from that? Can I tie that to the Austin Air Healthmate Plus air purifier, that specific product? No, I can't because there are many air purifiers on the market. I do not know what air purifier that individual is looking for. What type of air purifier? Do they want a commercial one? Do they want a residential one? I have no idea. Do they want one with certain features? Do we want one that's going to deal with smoke, with chemicals, or do they just want one for allergies? I know nothing about that. So to send somebody who searches simply air purifier to a product page for a specific product is very, very low percentage because it, what if that product isn't going to provide the exact solution they need because there are many different variations of the air purifier solution on the market. I'm likely just to waste my pay-per-click, uh, my cost per click on that click, on that visit to my website, because I serve them a product that they're not even aware is the right solution for them yet. However, to go a, a little step further, if somebody searched, um, you know, uh, 
air purifier for multiple chemical sensitivity. Now the Air Healthmate Plus air purifier is suitable for dealing with, uh, for assisting people who suffer from MCS, right? And so while it's not as specific as saying Austin Air Healthmate Plus air purifier for as a search term, it's still quite specific. And I can still tie it more specifically to this particular model because when somebody lands on that product page, my product description is going to tell that person very clearly uh, or my, my, my features and benefits, uh, bullet points on that page, you're going to tell people very clearly that this HealthMate Plus Air Purifier does help uh, those who suffer from MCS. And so my chances of a conversion are much higher. But also I know from that search term that that person has a higher level of education about the problem, the solution and the products than somebody who simply searches air purifier. And so this is should really be your main guiding light. I see people waste so much money on, on search terms where they don't actually, can't actually deduce the intentions or the psychology of the searcher, of the potential customer from the search track, but they're paying for them anyway, because I always sell that sort of product. No, that's not good enough. You have to be more restrictive than that. Yes, you can have generic traffic because generic traffic can often be very more or more specific, but you can't, you shouldn't have it all. You have to exclude some of it. And that's how you work it out. And like I say, it is a judgment call. So use your judgment. You're a business owner. More times than not, you're going to get it right if you're uh, err on the side of conservatism. So the second part of that statement then was the right page, right traffic or right customer to the right page. Now, the way the Google uh, auction system works, if you like, and Google's algorithm for Google Shopping works is, is that a customer makes a search term and Google looks at your shopping feed and says, well, what do we think is the most relevant product for that search term from this person's product feed? And then they take that product and enter it into the auction along with your competitors for that piece of search traffic. And whoever's got the better product page, the better quality score, well, they're more likely to rise to the top if their bids are fairly even. Well, what if Google gets that wrong? And particularly, once again, this is not so much the case for people who are what we term low priority traffic or the most specific traffic, which is people who are searching air, Austin Air HealthMate Plus Air Purifier. Um, and so that's generally Google's going to get that right. Not always, but generally they're going to get it right. It's more the case where um, people are searching for making search terms that are not at that level. They're a little bit up. Maybe they're a branded search term with a product category on the end, or maybe it's a generic search term, but it's, it's fairly specific, right? Or it's more specific, but it could still apply to a number of products on your site, right? If I have a high ticket dropshipping business and, and one of my product categories was air purifier, I'm gonna sell a lot of different air purifiers. I'm not just gonna sell one or two, I might have 20 or 30 or 40. I don't know how many are in that market to be honest, but I'm gonna try and have as many as I can, right? Because they all do, they're all slightly different and there's different customers and different people want different things and I want to meet as many people in that particular niche as I can and serve them with a product. That's my unique advantage as a high ticket dropshipper. 
sometimes Google doesn't match search terms to products correctly. And so sometimes you can get the right traffic. So you're getting the right search term into your ad account, but Google's sending them to the wrong page. So the wrong product. Um, and so obviously if that's the case, you get the right traffic, but they're going to the wrong page, then your chances of a conversion are reduced. They don't go away because that customer may navigate around your site. But if you look in your Google Analytics account at um, your Google Shopping traffic, generally, you're going to see a bounce rate of between 60 and 80% for Google Shopping or Bing Shopping traffic. What that traffic, what that means is, is that people are coming to your site. They're saying, okay, I've seen the product that's on the end of that ad. I've seen the page. Now I'm going to leave. And they leave without looking at anything else on your website. They don't navigate to anything else. And so what that means is, is a bounce, like 80% bounce rate means 80% of your paid traffic is looking at one page on your site and then leaving without navigating any deeper into your site. And so if you are getting traffic um, onto, you're getting traffic of that nature, not right at the bottom of the funnel, but somewhere lower, middle, but not high. Uh, and you're seeing a very low click-through rate. So click-through rate is a very important metric for us to look at um, in our Google Ads accounts. If you're seeing a low click-through rate, one of the things that that can indicate is that you're serving the wrong product for a particular search term. And once again, the data for this is in your Google Ads account, in your search term report, um, and in your ad groups and product groups um, within your campaigns. You can find this data. And so, you know, one of, there's two reasons. Well, there's actually, there's three reasons why you may see a low click-through rate. And you want to try and, you know, as an optimization metric uh, in Google Shopping and Google Ads in general, you want to increase your click-through rate as much as possible uh, because a higher click-through rate is, sends a signal to Google that customers think your ads are more relevant. And relevancy is a metric, once again, that has an influence on your performance in the auctions when Google you know, decides who's going to be at the top of the ads and who's going to be at the bottom. People with lower click-through rates are generally either going to pay more for position or they're just going to be lower down the list of advertisers. And surprise, surprise, the ads closer to the top, whether that's to the left on the screen or to the top on the screen, are going to get more attention from customers than those at the bottom. So if you have a low click-through rate, this is one you should always keep an eye on. It may be because your CPCs are too low. So your, pay, your bids are too low and you can increasing your bids may well um, move you up the list and increase your click-through rate. So click-through rate may be low because you're too far down the list of advertisers. You're still getting on the page and you're getting an impression people aren't really looking at your ad because it's down the bottom. They're focusing on the ads at the top and they're clicking on those. But it may also be because you're showing a product for a particular search term that customers don't really like the look of. It doesn't appear to them to be the right to provide the solution and, and the outcome that they're looking for. Maybe it's much more expensive than other options as well or you know, maybe there's just some other visual thing about it. Um, it's, it could even be just a brand that people don't recognize sometimes. But whatever it is, it's just the wrong 
product in an ad for that particular search um for that particular search term and that particular customer and so that means it's the wrong page on your site to be advertising for that search term now how do you tell the two apart like am i bidding too low or is it the wrong product for the for the wrong for the for the particular search term well you can often tell if you can marry up another metric with your click-through rate to tell you if your bids are an issue and that is search impression share if you look in your product groups, your ad groups, there is a, a column you can add if it's not there already called search impression share. Your search impression share is a measurement of how out of, you know, out of the available impressions, given your keyword targeting for that particular, you know, ad group, product group, individual product, what percentage of the time are your ads being shown? Now, if it's really low, like 20%, it's expressed as a percentage with 100% meaning you're getting every available impression. And remember, you have to get an impression to get a click first. That's why we talk about impressions. Whereas if it's less than 10%, let's say, it means you're there, you're only getting in front of relevant traffic less than 10% of the time. So you're missing a massive opportunity, quite likely. And so if your search impression share is low and your click-through rate is low, and low would generally be below... 0.9 or 1% or even 0.8. If your click-through rate is 0.2 or 0.3 or 0.4, or I would say even 0.5, it's too low. It should be higher for Google shopping traffic. If it's, if it's really low um, and your search impression share is low, that likely means that your bids are not very competitive. And so I would experiment with raising them first. And if you start raising them, let's say your bid was 30 cents, and you raised it to 50 cents, waited a few days, looked at those metrics again, if your search impression share is going up, is higher, and or if your click-through rate also goes up a little bit, and remember in Google Google Ads, for example, Bing Ads, you can compare two date ranges together. So if you make a change, compare the days following that change to the days prior to that change, do you see differences? Obviously, if you can compare lo the longer period of time, you can compare the more reliable that a data set is, but you know, you do what you can. If you get an indication that things are going up as a result of changing your bids, then it's likely your bids that are causing your click-through rate to be low and not Google putting the right page together with the right product. Now, however, on the flip side, if your search impression share is pretty good. And so what, what's pretty good? Well, in low in your low priority campaign, it should be as close to 100% as possible, but anywhere between 80 and 100% is fantastic. In your medium priority campaign, it would be a bit lower. So anywhere from probably 60 to 100% is fine, anywhere in that range. Um, but in some niches, it may actually be lower. And we're gonna come back to the deciding factor here. There's, a, there's an extra little interrelation here, and that is with um, your conversion rate and your ROAS and your return on ad spend, which is the final kicker. I'm going to get to that. And that does relate to your bids. Um, in your high priority campaign where you're getting the most generic traffic uh, or the more generic traffic, you know, it could be as low as 20 to 50%. Somewhere in there is okay. Now, if you saw a higher search impression share and you thought my search impression share is pretty good, 
the search terms that I'm getting look pretty good. So I think I'm getting the right person to see my ads. And I think I'm getting in front of all of the available people, but my click-through rate is, is very poor. Then it's more likely that your problem may be that Google is showing the wrong page to the right person. And so you want to look into that further and maybe test sending some of those search terms to a different page on your site. Sometimes Google can get a bit fixated on individual products and they'll send a lot of traffic to individual products. You might look at it and say, well, I actually don't think that's the best product from that brand. Or I think, you know, that I know there's another product from that brand that sells better than the product that Google's showing. I need to change that. Or you might say, well, I can see this particular brand is getting these generic terms, but I actually think from my knowledge of my market and my customers that this brand over here, the products in that brand are better suited to those search terms, right? That might be something that you need to fix or at least experiment with trying from a management perspective. And so how do you do that? Uh, you do that, you can do that by increase, either increasing and decreasing the bids on individual products or pushing up bids. So if you're talking about your high priority campaign where you have generic traffic, if you bid a little bit more on one brand than another, for example, Google is going to reroute some search traffic to the brand with the higher bids because it's more you're offering to pay more. It's more competitive. Um, you can also do this by utilizing ad group level negative keywords. So you can exclude search traffic in one ad group and see if Google will put it in another ad group and so on and such forth. So this is something that you should think about. Uh, you always want to uh, make sure that your click-through rate is as high as you can get it. So like I say, 0 0.8, 0 0.9, 1% is fine. If it's above 1%, that's quite good for this particular business model um, and, and selling higher ticket physical products. But if it's 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.4, then you do have some management issues that you need to work through. And those are the things that you should think about. Now, the right time, the next part of that statement, sending people to the, the right traffic, to the right page at the right time is kind of also um, tied up with search traffic. So it, it's kind of the same thing. The right time is uh, goes back to the concept that um, some people are not ready to be shown um, the point of purchase. And so showing it to them prematurely is not going to have any effect. So if I'm not ready to, um, you know, make a sale or complete a sale as a customer, then because I haven't, I'm still further too early in my customer journey, then showing me a product page uh, is not relevant. And so I may still click on a shopping ad because I'm trying to learn things but from you as a business owner, you need to take more responsibility than that, than just saying, well, I mean, the person clicked on the ad, so they're clearly interested. Yes, they're interested, but your product page is not going to give them enough to make the decision that they need to make, right? They can't form the emotional response they need, and they don't have enough information to complete the second part of the decision-making chain, which is the logical step that the brain has to make to confirm the emotion that the lizard brain feels first, 
I'm not going to go too deep into the, that psychology of what I'm talking about there, but there's two things that need to happen for a conversion to happen. There needs to be an emotional reaction and a logical decision to support that emotional reaction in someone's mind. Otherwise, if those two steps are missing, sale does not happen. And so if somebody's at the wrong stage, if it's the wrong time to be seeing a shopping ad, then you should absolutely not be showing them a shopping ad just because you can. Um, once again, this is the path to low profitability and or no sales, right? So you are going to see traffic in your shopping ads that you think that looks like a good search term. Why is it? Why am I not seeing any sales from that? Now, if it's not brand, if it's a generic, and, and once again, where are people going to lose the most money when it comes to pay-per-click ads? Uh, for high-ticket dropshipping, Google Shopping ads, it's going to be in the high-priority campaign. Right? That's where the bulk of searches are going to be. So there's generic traffic, not branded, not model-specific. It's going to be in the high-priority campaign. This is where you're likely, once again, there are always exceptions, but this is where you are likely on the balance of probability to waste money. So if you see search terms in there and you think, yeah, but I think that's a relevant search term, but I'm not seeing any action on it, it's probably because it's just too far up the funnel. It's too far towards the start of the customer journey in that particular niche with that particular customer for the types of products that you sell. And so you need to exclude it. That doesn't mean you need to give up on it. It's a good search term. Think about how can I hit that search term with another page on my site? Can I rank for that organically and show up in the organic search results where there is more traffic? I'll tell you that right now. And you don't have the constant overhead of, of pay-per-click. Well, you're not paying for every click constantly forever, right? You can rank something organically and, and yes... It's going to, and yes, it is going to, um, there is going to be some cost in terms of doing SEO and ranking pages, but once you rank them, you just have to maintain them, right? And there is not a large cost to doing that. It's going to be there forever. And it doesn't matter if a thousand people click on that page and you only get one sale, that one sale is probably still going to be profitable for you, right? So there are many search terms that you'll see in your high priority campaign that you should exclude, but you should not give up on. You should then go and do add them to your potential keyword list for your organic traffic strategy and say, all right, how am I going to go after that search term? Is there a way that I can go after that search term? We're the content page. We're the collection page. What does Google really want for that search term? Once again, I'm not going to dive deep into the SEO there. Um, we've had some episodes recently where um, you know Ben's talking about that sort of stuff and so um, we, won't, uh, we won't go there right now. All right, final part of that statement, the right price. You need to get people, the right person, to the right page, the right time, right price. And this is kind of, I guess, the all-important one. So the right price. Now, we go back to the other statement I made that every niche has a finite amount of profitable paid traffic. So profitable traffic, traffic that re produces a return on ad spend that you can live with, that is profitable. Now, for most high-ticket dropshipping businesses, you need, given sort of average high-ticket dropshipping margins that we see, and once again, there is variation here for sure. Uh, every niche is different, a little bit different, but generally, 
you should be targeting around a 10 times return on ad spend. That means for every dollar you put in, you're making $10 in revenue. Put in $10, you make $100 in revenue. Put in $100, you make $1,000 in revenue, right? That will usually mean there is a level of profitability in that traffic. May not be, once again, it may not be ideal for you. And you may in fact need a higher number. You may need 14 times rise or 12 times rise, whereas some niches might be okay at eight times rise or nine times rise. But you know, those are fewer um, and certainly not below those numbers for high ticket drop shipping. And so what drives return on ad spend? Like how do you, like once again, return on ad spend and your cost per sale are ultimately the only two metrics that matter when it comes to pay-per-click advertising for high ticket dropshipping businesses. And once again, this is not just with Google Shopping, this is any ads, anything you pay for, any traffic you pay for, return on ad spend and cost per sale, because those are the only two numbers that will tell you how profitable that traffic is. Are you losing money or are you making money? Which at the end of the day, is how we measure success of paid traffic. Are you making money? If the answer is no, then you are your paid traffic is not successful. And unless you have a plan on the back end, probably shouldn't be doing it, right? Or you need to do things to significantly change that dynamic. Uh, you need to go looking for why is that the case, right? And, and like I say, the, the, the answer to that for most people is actually probably not in their ad account or the full answer is not in their ad account. I see more often than not, it lies elsewhere in their marketing uh, chain, the website, the offer, for example. So the right price, how do you determine the right price? So you don't want to send people to your website for the wrong price. That probably going to mean that you're um, losing money. Although sometimes the wrong price can mean you're not actually paying enough. So from time to time, we do see people who are profitable and they don't even realize it off their paid traffic because they don't have a strong enough grasp of the numbers that are involved and they should actually be spending more. They could spend more. They could have a higher budget. They could be spending more per click. Your duty as a business owner is once you establish profitability and you understand that is to spend as much as you can. If that means spending $3,000 a day on ads, which in the grand scheme of things is still a small amount, you absolutely should be spending $3,000 a day. It's going to make you nervous as hell the first time you do it, but you should be. That is your duty. That is your job. You're not doing a good job if you could be spending $3,000 a day, but you're only spending $100 a day. You're failing at that point. And so sometimes the wrong price means you're not spending enough. The interaction is between your cost per, what you're bidding and your conversion rate. So while I say that your ROAS and your cost per sale are the most important metrics here, and they are, that is how you should judge your ultimate success. Those are the only two things. Having a high click-through rate means but, but all if your cost per sale is double what your profitable number is. Who cares if you've got a high conversion rate? You're not making enough sales from that high conversion rate. So you have to fix something that's not doing well, right? 
So what you need to do, and once again, this is something that very few people do. We teach it in Dropship Breakthrough in the program, how to do all of this. You need to have an idea of how much can I, what is my ideal cost per sale? So you need to know this. And you need to know it at least on average for your business at, as a starting point. In the beginning, it can be hard to know this. So you need to at least work out on average, if I make a sale for every $100 that I spend on ads, I'm likely to be profitable. That's good. That's actually a step further than a lot of people get in the beginning. Um, you can then refine that down to, well, for this brand, I know what the margins are because your margin is going to play a role here. And so if I know that my margins are 35% on this brand's products, then I can probably say, well, my cost per sale, you know, that's quite good. I know the products are a bit more expensive. Uh, yeah, you know, I could probably get away with a $200 cost per sale on those products and, and be profitable in a happy way, right? Or maybe for some products, it's going to be $500, right? I mean, I, I sell products with a 50% margin and they're like $3,500 products. So that means I'm making, you know, more than a $1,000 every time I make a sale, take away some other overheads, and I still got over $1,000. Well, I might say I'm happy to spend $500 in paid traffic to make a sale of those products because I'll still get over $500 in my pocket. And I'm okay with that because my goal is market domination. So I'm going to try and make as many sales on those as I can because that means none of my competitors are making sales on those and I'm strangling them, right? Taking them to the deep end. That's my approach to business. Um, if you ever think of competing with me, that's what you're going to get. Um, and so you need to work out your, your profitable cost per sale. Like, so think about when I make a sale, what would I, what is the minimum profit from that sale? So before I take out, oh, sorry, after my ad costs that I'm, I'm happy with. Now, don't just say as much as possible. As much as possible is always the stupidest answer to that question. So if you're sitting there thinking, I want to make as much profit as possible from every sale, you have a juvenile business mindset and you need to fix that. That is never an answer. Why? Because how can you calculate anything from as much as possible? You need to adult up and change that, right? Pick a number, not your your gross profit number that's not going to be the number either you're going to spend some money to make a sale that's business that's how it works you've got to spend money to make money right so maybe it's 50 percent of your gross profit right so you're spending 50 percent of your total profit to get to your net profit number that's fine that that might be fine it might be more it might be less i don't care the answer is you have to come up with a number that's your ideal number so if your ideal number is that means that you can spend $300 in marketing per sale, then that's your number. That's fine. You also want to know what's your break-even number, right? Um, this is an important number. If you can run paid traffic at break-even, then, you know, you might not feel great about that in the moment, but that's still an achievement right? Because you're getting sales, you're getting customer data, you're learning more about your business, you're learning more about what your customers need. And those things are all valuable. There is value in all of those things. 
over time, you will that will become more and more profitable for you because learning all of those things and gaining all of that is going to help you to run a better business and it's going to help you to do more and more things well, which will mean your business gets better and better, which means you make more and more sales and more and more profitable sales, right? It also means that your competitors are making less sales. should never underestimate the value of taking sales away from your comp- competition. Now, I know we talk a lot about abundance and blah, 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 but let's be real. Let's be real. This And this is John's view. You can disagree with me if you like. This is John's view. I am in business to strangle the life out of my competition and serve my customer. So every opportunity I have to take sales away from my competition without killing myself. So I'm not going to just do stupid shit to achieve that goal. But anytime I can do that, I'm absolutely going to do that. I'm going to take sales away from people. If I can take your sales away at break even, meaning I gain nothing, but I also lose nothing, I am 100% going to do that because every time I do that, you are one step closer to going out of business and I am one step closer to having less competition. So why would I not do that? I have people who come to me and they say, oh, I'm only breaking even on my paid traffic and they're all down in the dumps like they're doing something terrible. That's, that's fantastic. What an achievement. Well done. Now you've got a base to work off. If you can maintain that, yeah, sure, you're not putting anything in your pocket yet. If you're early on, that's not a big deal. You're still doing something fantastic. It's only a few, you're only a few small improvements away and a little bit of time away from those break-even sales becoming more and more profitable sales. So know your break-even number as well. So your ideal cost per sale might be $200. Your break-even number might be $400, right? It's a good number to know because if you see you're at your break-even, then things aren't bad. If you're worse than your break-even, then there are some things that you need to work out because if you stay there slowly and slowly, you're going to run out of money, right? Um, and you're going to go into a hole and you've got to get yourself out to. So if you're below break-even, you need to work out fairly quickly what's wrong. If you're at break-even, yes, you still do want to be thinking about how can I fix this, but things aren't bad. And I want to make that normal. There is nothing wrong with doing marketing at break-even, You're still building and growing a business. Every time you acquire a customer, you are growing your business and you're going to be learning things from that process that will enable you to make your business better over time. If you do it at break even, like I say, you're going to get better. So know those two numbers, right? Now, if you know what your ideal cost per sale is, and and once again, people will ask me, do I need to know that exactly for every single product that I sell? If you sell a smaller number of products, yeah, I'd probably say you should, right? It's not hard to calculate it. You can just automate this in a, probably in a spreadsheet, right? You can build a little tool to calculate this for you. If you've got 5,000 products, no, you're probably not going to calculate it for every product. But what you could do is maybe calculate it for individual brands because often in high-ticket dropshipping, individual brands are going to have individual um, profit margins, Right? So one might be 25%, another one might be 40%, another one might be 30%, another one might be 15%. Right? So the, your ideal cost per sale for each of those might be different based on that. Right? So you can at least work it out for different products. Or you could group your products, if you've got lots of products, you could group them into price bands. So right, 
know your average margin. So products that are $2,000 or thereabouts, my average margin is 25%. Well, for any product that's in that price range, I know my target cost per sale is going to be about this much. It doesn't need to be exact numbers. If you're working it out on just about right, you're doing better than 90% of people that do this because 90% of people, when I ask them, what's your cost target cost per sale? They look at me blankly and I think to myself, oh my God, I wish I was competing with you. I would absolutely destroy the life out of you, right? So work this shit out. Once you know your target cost per sale, you can then work backwards because you then know your conversion rate. And once again, no, you're not going to know your conversion rate for every single product that you advertise, but you don't need to. Just calculate off your store or off your ad accounts conversion rate as a whole, or even your website's conversion rate. You can see this in Shopify. You can see this in your Google Ads account. So if, you're, if your conversion rate's 1%, you know that. Let's say it's 1% because that's an easy percentage to work with. Otherwise, I need to whip a calculator out. Um, if you know your conversion rate's 1%, you can then take that and look at your cost per click. So if my average cost per click is $1, once again, I'm going to use a really easy number here, and my conversion rate is 1%. 1% conversion rate means I need 100 clicks to make one sale. If my average CPC is $1, that means I'm spending $100 every to get one sale. That's how that would work out. And so if my target cost per sale is $200, my conversion rate's 1%, my cost per click is $1, I'm actually $100 better profit-wise than my target you know, profitability. And so I know in that scenario that I can actually increase my CPC, right? I could go, if my target cost per sale was $200, I could increase my CPC to two, up anywhere up to $2. And, and if the conversion rate holds the same, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my target cost per sale, right? So do you start to see where knowing these numbers really, really helps you from an ads management perspective, from knowing how much should I be bidding? The flip side of that would be if my target cost per sale was $200, let's say, or, or even worse, let's say my break-even cost per sale is $200. And I'm my average CPC is $3, which would be high, to be honest, for high-ticket dropshipping. And my conversion rate's 1%, meaning I'm getting 100 clicks for every sale. I'm going to be spending $300 at that point. I'm spending $300 to make every sale, and yet my break-even is $200. That means I'm in I'm negative $100 every time I make a sale. So I'm losing money, right? And so I need to be looking at that because something's wrong there. So what are the answers there? Well, what if I reduce my CPC and bring my average CPC back to $2? Well, if I can do that, I might get a little bit less traffic, but if it converts at the same rate still, then I'm going to be break even. And I'm at, that's as high as I can bid. I now know that is, if I, as that conversion rate stays the same, that is my finite amount of traffic that I can get for that, that particular product, for those particular search terms, whatever it is. That's it. I'm never going to get more than that unless I can increase my conversion rate. All right. So think about those numbers once again, the variables. 
if I increase my conversion rate from 1% to 2%, let's say, and once again, these are unrealistic numbers. Your chances of hitting 2% regularly on a high ticket dropshipping business are not great. But let's say I did. That means, I'm just trying to use easy numbers here, by the way, but that means I need 50 clicks to make one sale, right? So if my bids were $3, if my average CPC was $3, but my conversion rate was 2% instead of 1%, that means I only need 50 clicks. So I'm only going to be spending $150 per sale. My target, my break-even was $200. So I'm actually now profitable by increasing my conversion rate. Now, increasing my conversion rate may have come from tightening up some search terms that are going into that, whether we're talking here about an individual product or an ad group or whatever. Or it might have been because I did something with my offer, I did something on my website, I became more competitive in some way, uh, I did better phone-based sales. There's all sorts of variabilities in conversion rate, right? But if I'm like, I don't want to reduce my traffic because I think it's good traffic. I think it's the right customer. I don't want to reduce that traffic. But I'm also losing money to make these sales. Then conversion rate is your metric that you can try and tweak. If you can increase your conversion rate, you may also increase your conversion rate by doing more retargeting. So this is the one factor that isn't taken into account and, and it's really hard to take into, into account in the beginning. But that person that for every one of those clicks, of course, you, you can, there are mechanisms you can employ to follow them up and make sure they come back and convert at another time. Retargeting ads, email marketing, if you can capture their email address. Um, there are other things that you can do there to improve your conversion rate once again that you're getting off your front end traffic. And that can that those things can also change that dynamic. So I want you to, to really encourage you. I think out of, out of all of the things I've said, um, getting a, a, at least a basic understanding of the paid traffic economics of your niche and your ad account, given the products you sell, the brands you have, et cetera, et cetera, is something that everybody should do. Once again, you don't need to know it. Like, don't come back to me and say, oh, but does that mean I have to specifically work it out in every single circumstance for every single product that I've got on my site? No, that's not what I'm saying. Most people don't do this in the beginning. They don't even under, understand the economics of, of what they're spending money on, and yet they'll go spend money on it. And I get it. You've got to get in there. You've got to have a go. Uh, and so in the beginning, your, your ability to calculate some of these numbers will be at a very high level and it will be very basic, but it's still better than nothing. Like you shouldn't spend, people often ask me, how much should I spend per click? And you can work the, these calculations out for each campaign as well if you want. How much should I spend per click? Am I spending too much per click? Am I not spending enough per click? Well, the, the, the process I've just worked you through the calculations to work out whether you're getting somebody to your site for the right price will answer that question for you automatically. If you know your target cost per sale, you know your break-even cost per sale, you know our conversion rate, you can calculate your break-even bid and your target profitable bid. So depending on what you want to go after, if you just want to go after break-even and some of the time it's going to come out better, then you bid your break-even CPC. That's what you said is your bid. And you'll see your average CPC may sometimes be lower than what you're actually bidding. That's just based on how the Google auction system works. 
if your average CPC is lower than you're bidding, you can try and jump it up a bit and see if that moves you to another level and your average might still come out a bit lower. Play around with it. But you're going to be in the ballpark. And so if you know your break-even CPC, you know your target CPC, definitely don't bid more than your break-even CPC because the only way that's going to work for you is if at the same time as increasing that bid, you're also increasing your conversion rate. Simply increasing your bid and getting more traffic because you looked at your search impression share and you thought that was low, I'm going to fix that by bidding more you know, because I want my search impression share to be 100%, so I'm going to double my bid and I'm going to just hope that that increases my conversion rate. Well, sad to say, it's likely not going to. That is not the relationship. Increasing your bids and getting more traffic doesn't mean conversion rate goes up. At best, it's going to stay the same unless you're doing other things proactively to improve your conversion rate. So work these numbers out because if you work these numbers out, at least in a rough sense, I think compared to not knowing them at all, and once again, I am speaking here more to people who are earlier in the journey, I think, which is probably where a lot of people who are listening to this episode are, you're going to just feel a lot more comfortable because you know stuff, you have knowledge. It's very easy to be fearful of you know, spending money in your business. And usually the fear comes from you just don't understand the economics. And so you feel nervous, you feel scared of spending money. And look, sometimes spending money is always a little bit scary if it's, a, if it's quite a bit of money, right? Uh, for wherever you're at. But understanding, um, understanding the economics at play gives you a level of knowledge. And anytime your knowledge about a particular topic increases, your fear decreases. Fear is often driven by a lack of knowledge, by a lack of understanding. We fear things we don't understand. It's just natural. It's our instinct, instinctual behavior, unfortunately. Um, and that that is where a lot of fear comes from. And so if you can increase your knowledge by knowing more about the economics in your specific market, then your fear of being in that market will be um, a lot, you know, a lot less. And and knowing those numbers will also help you to understand what the finite amount of traffic is in your particular niche. And like I say, for some, it's going to be lower than others. You might hit that finite amount of traffic really early that's okay, right? So what? There's plenty of other ways to get people to your website. It's not the be all and end all um, for sure. And so for some people, it's going to be much higher and you know, you'll know you be trying to grow there for longer. Um, but uh, these are good things to know. So once again, um, if you've gone through this and it's all still sounding a bit foreign to you and you know this is the first time you've heard somebody talk about some of these concepts, Listen to this episode a few times. There is nothing wrong with that. Uh, not understanding this in the beginning, I think advertising, marketing, pay-per-click ads, if you're somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience in business, it's, it's kind of like learning another language, right? It's not easy in the beginning, but you've got to stick it out and increase your knowledge. Listen to things two, three times. Ask questions where you need to. Find a way to get support with it. Find somebody else or other people that you can bounce ideas off um, 
And of course, as always, the best place that you can do that, in my opinion, and the best community of people who are literally standing by to help you. And I'm, I'm looking here in our Slack workspace where our elite members are at Dropship Breakthrough. And, you know, we have in there, um, you know, a Google and Bing ads channel where people can go and just ask questions, get feedback um, about, you know, all sorts of topics. There are literally, you know, pretty much multiple questions every day. And there's just this massive treasure trove of information, of specific questions, of things that people have experienced in there. And it goes way back. It's all searchable. Uh, there is just so much stuff in there alone, let alone in the lessons in the course. It'll show you how to do everything I've just talked about on the screen. I'll show, show you a, a little calculator to help you work out all of these costs and things like that and target break-even CPCs and all that sort of thing. It's all in there. So get in, uh, you know, join Dropship Breakthrough. Join the Dropship Breakthrough launch program, uh, dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash launch or dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash join and get the support that you need to learn this language because your your ability to stick with it, to get your head around it, to get the results that you're dreaming of are going to be radically improved if if you're not trying to struggle through this by your own. So thanks for listening. And as always, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Dropship Podcast. You can find all the show notes for this episode at dropshippodcast.com. And if you're ready to take the next step in your dropshipping journey, we invite you to join us inside Dropship Breakthrough, where John and I will walk you through step-by-step in starting your own high-ticket dropshipping e-commerce business. But that's not all. Dropship Breakthrough will also teach you everything you'll need to know to grow your business and take it to the next level. So head over to dropshipbreakthrough.com and sign up for our free training that will help you take the first steps towards building and growing your own profitable high-ticket dropshipping business.